0: Yes, sir. Is it visible? Right. Eh? No, thank you very much. Yeah, no, it is visible. Uh, colleagues, do you see it? Yes, right. Chair. Yes, Chair. Thank you so much, sir. All right. Uh, we. So this is the agenda for today. Uh, colleagues will recall that um, the other item that was on the agenda on um, force design and force structure um, and, and within the context of uh, <coughs> uh, budget versus mandate driven, sorry, budget versus uh, uh, mandate, mandate. For, uh, uh, driven force, yes, uh, was deferred to sometime when we would uh, uh, have a closed meeting. Um, so, we've tried to find the date for, for that, uh, it will be on the, in, in the program for the first term, so, uh, I would indicate why, when exactly, when we deal with the, with the program for the first term. So, that then left us with one, uh, item from, I mean, to be, uh, presented on by the Department of Defense. Um, uh, item number three, uh, namely, uh, briefing by DOD, um, the reserve force Council, and the Chief of the Reserves, on the utilization, and plans for the Reserves, uh, in the context of uh, reduced uh, man-hour allocation. We, we want to understand uh, what Implications: the reduction um, of uh, man-hour uh, allocation has on on the reserve force, and and by implication on uh, borderline uh, security, and uh, in all other areas that were manned uh, by them. So. So, we'll be dealing with that uh, under item number three. And then later I'll deal with uh, the, the the first term program of the committee and then uh, minutes. All right, so Brian, do you have the quorum? That is
1: correct.
0: Okay, thank you so much. All right, colleagues, um, I, I wish to welcome uh, all of you uh, to this meeting and thank you for... Um, 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 taking the time out. Uh, it's, it's, let's deal with the apologies, um, apologies. I, I wish to uh, <coughs> acknowledge the, the apology uh, from the Minister of Defense. And military veterans. Um, she is in cabinet and she asked us to uh, table her apology today. Um, so, Brian, are there any other apologies from the committee uh, on the committee side first? Um, no, Chair, we do not have any uh, apologies. Uh, yes, I've seen one from Ms. Lehuase. Um, she she sent me a, a medical note uh, that book that, that books her off until uh, next week Monday, so uh, i uh, in the meeting,
2: Chair.
0: 100%. Yes, uh, Mr. Kwase?
2: I have joined the meeting, Chair, I'm in the meeting.
0: Oh, okay, welcome. Uh, I know, thank you so much um, I am not well, but decided to join, it's okay. Yes, no, no, it's fine. Uh, th- 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 thank you very much for, for that uh, Mr. Kors. All right. <clears throat> okay. Uh,
3: so... Just from, from my side, uh, Honorable Walters.
0: Uh, okay. Uh, Honorable Walters. Is Walters or Walters?
3: Walters. Walters. W-A-L-T-E-R-S.
0: Okay. Uh, he is your alternate. Correct. Thank you so much. All right. (coughs) All right, colleagues, that then takes care of apologies on the side of the committee. And uh, let me welcome the the team DOD. Uh, I don't know who is leading uh, DOD. Uh, um, Let me just establish that before I ask them if there are any apologies uh, to tender uh, from their side.
2: Good morning, sir. I am Brigadier General Zologani Nyabumana. I am acting Chief Defense Reserves, the one who will be doing the presentation on the impact of the Reducement Days on the utilization of the reserves on my own. I know also Admiral Kubu, Chief Human Resources has joined the meeting.
0: Okay. Um, Acting Chief Reserves, uh, the chief being...
2: uh... Retired General Anderson
0: retired general anderson oh yes sir so do you have uh, his apology
2: no he retired he's no longer chief currently i'm acting he retired end of may
0: oh i didn't know that you also retire uh, from that side
2: Uh, yes we do reserves they also retire however i am not a reserve force member i am a regular force member but i'm director defense reserves so, in the absence of the appointment of Chief Defence Reserves, I have been acting since General Anderson retired.
3: Uh, Chairperson, can I just mention, obviously, the, the General is, is normally appointed by the Chief of the SNDF. And obviously, um, so in other words, this term runs relatively same period as the Chief of the SNDF, and that's why General Anderson retired uh, simultaneously with General Chokey. So the new uh, chief will, will still have to appoint a new chief of the reserve force, just oh, for that, interesting that,
0: sake. Oh, that, oh, that's how it goes. Oh, OK.
2: Not necessarily, sir. It doesn't, if General Anderson was still within the age to serve, maybe he would have served. But he had reached, uh, he was 73 years old, and he was only staying because General Shooghe had requested that he stays until he retired. Normally reserve force members they serve until they are 65 and then on the prerogative of the chief and the minister, then they can serve until that particular chief retires. That is what happened with him. So the new chief is yet to appoint a new chief defense reserves. Hence I've been acting since General Anderson retired, sir. All thank right. you.
0: <clears throat> okay. No, no, it's fine. Um okay. Thank you, thank you very much. Also, I think that takes care of of uh, that side. And um, the, and, and see that the minister, the deputy minister, is in the meeting. DM, good morning and welcome. Uh,
4: good morning, uh, uh, Honourable Chairperson and members of the committee. Good morning. Thank you so much, uh, right. Chair. I'm sorry if uh, you. May you please just indulge me for a second. Before we start, Chair, I want to submit an apology that at, uh, at 11 o'clock, very least, uh, I need to take the child to the hospital. Okay. Um, if you could just, uh, you know, you know, bear with me uh, and I appreciate that. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much, no, no, We will do that. Uh, uh, DM. All right, colleagues, and now <clears throat> we we can start. Um, we start with you, uh, uh, Major General. Um, Brigadier
2: before. General,
0: sir. Brigadier. Oh, Brigadier. Brigadier
2: General Nyabu man.
0: Okay. All right. A uh, one star. Yes, sir. All right. I'm a one star general. Uh, I, I nearly promoted you.
2: <laughs> take it. <laughs>
0: All right. <clears throat> okay. Colleagues, thank you very much. Um, DM, we, we, we only have that item. Um, um, do, do, may, may I invite you to make whatever comments you may wish to make um, before we invite um, uh, the Brigadier General to take us through the presentation?
4: Now, chairperson and members of the committee, thank you very much. Um, as uh, Brigadier General Niago has uh, explained, she's going to take uh, charge uh, for the presentation of the department to the portfolio committee today on the utilizations and plans for our reserves. Uh, in the context of uh, the reduced uh, man hour allocation, which the committee was uh, discussing the last time it was sitting. Um, <clears throat> well, the, the whole point really about uh, the reserves and their utilization, uh, the members of the oversight committee would be aware that uh, it is an area of the DOD which has been under scrutiny. Uh, <clears throat> in the middle of the first wave of COVID, uh, uh, there uh, this, was.
0: Is is it? Do do you mind uh, setting your video on? Unless you few you... yes,
4: no problem. No problem. Okay.
0: Thanks.
4: Thank you so much. No, thank you very much. I was still saying that in the middle of the first wave of COVID, we still thought that we would have uh, the second leg of uh, the dialogue that commenced in 2019 around uh, a review of our reserve force uh, system. Um, And we have not been able to get that done because uh, it was always, I think, from the organizers an undertaking which they thought should wait until we are able to meet physically again. There there is, uh, of course, a number of aspects which uh, needs to be addressed as far as the reserves are concerned. And the first endeavor of the reserves did uh, identify areas where, uh, as they said, work streams were established to look at the different aspects of the reserves that we must uh, 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 reorganize. Uh, However, today's discussion will focus uh, the Oversight committee more on the impact of uh, the cuts on the depends the, uh, the, the, the department's budgets, which cuts have affected uh, the human resource division of the department and by implication it has affected the availability. Of the result of the reserves, meaning the the ability of the DOD to call up the reserves, the man hour, man hours of the reserves, um, they have been cut. Just to say to the members of Parliament that uh, uh, as this matter is being discussed, we must just bear in mind that uh, the reserves were actually. A, an, a, a component of our defense force in the context of the one force concept, uh, which was meant to allow the country to keep lower force levels, meaning a permanent force that has limited numbers. Uh, which would only provide uh, the core capabilities we need, but which core capabilities would be able to expand at moments of need uh, through calling up the reserves. Uh, So the point about the reduction of the man hours of the reserves is that uh, it also challenges the concept of a one uh, of the, the 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 core force concept the practice of having lower force levels and relying on expanding those uh, limited uh, uh, levels by bringing in the reserves when the need arises so that is uh, the challenge which uh, this uh, is uh, posing to us. But uh, the Brigadier General is going to share with you the situation in all of the services, arms of services, I'm sorry. Uh, that is with respect to the impact of this uh, development in relation to the uh, the Army Reserves, in relation to the Air Force Reserves, in relation to SAMS Reserves and the Navy Reserves she will be able to share uh, what uh, developments are in those uh, services as far as our reserves are concer- concerned. With that said, Chair, uh, I would uh, hand over uh, back to you uh, to allow or to bring in the Brigadier General. Thank you very
0: much. Uh, thank you very much, uh, DM, uh, for your, your remarks. You, you you are right um, in in raising the one force uh, concept and uh, i was really looking forward to this presentation within that context as well and uh, but uh, <clears throat> she she will tell us whether we have been able to um, you know uh, implement that as a concept or we're still moving towards two. um But we'll hear from from that from uh, a presentation. All right, uh, Brigadier uh, General, uh, you your platform is yours, uh, ma'am.
2: Thank you, sir. Can you still hear me, sir?
0: Very well, very well.
2: Okay, thank you, uh, Honourable Chairperson, Mr. Kaba, the Deputy Minister of uh, Defence Force and Military Veteran, Honourable Deputy Minister Tabang Makweta, and the members of the committee. My name is Brigadier General Solegania Abomana. I am here today as Acting Chief Defence Reserves to present the impact of the Reducement Days on the further utilization of reserves in the Defence Force. Hence, that is my aim, the reduction being 25% to be precise. And those will be the contents of my presentation. Those are all the documents that the use of the reserves in the Defense Forces derived from, the role of the Defense Reserves Division, the role of the Reserve Force Council, the business case for the reserves, the strengths for all services as the Deputy Minister has alluded to, current utilization and expenditure, utilization and effect budget cuts to joint operation, which is one of the biggest division that utilizes the reserves, the army, which is our biggest service, land forces, the South African Air Force, South African Navy, South African military health service. And then I will summarize and conclude my presentation. As I've already mentioned, the use of the reserves is deemed as a national requirement. It is stated in the constitution, stated in the defense review, the white paper on defense reserves, and then it contributes to the protection of the national security of the country. Hence, we have to have a reserve. Based on the fact that we have to have a lean defense force considering the 25% also reduction on the cost of expenditure of the regular force members. That requires that we have a reserve force because it is flexible to have a reserve force. You can have a larger or a smaller component based on the requirements. But in order for you to uh, remain combat ready with your reserves, they require continuous training that might be adversely affected by the reduction in the main days. The Defense Act confirms the role of the reserves as it states that we need to have a lean reserve force, hence the reduction in cost of expenditure. Hence, the need now to maintain a reserve force, because if you have a reserve force, you can maintain the numbers according to the requirement of the country or the national security. It can either be small or big, but whatever number you have in utilization will have to remain combat ready. The only way for them to remain combat ready is to continuously implement continuation training. And that requires that one has mandates, as their training is not the same, depending on what the reserve force members are required for. Some development courses can take up to six months or 12 months at a time. And when Reserve Force members are on courses, then it means they are called up for 30 to 31 days, depending on how many days that month have. And currently, because of the reduced men's days, no service can afford this. So it will uh, impact adversely the training of the reserves. Confirmation of the role of the South African National Defense Force, Reserve Force. This is what is stated on the defense review. Reserve force members are there to augment the regular force members. They form part of the standing and search military force capability, depending on the requirement, as we've seen with the recent unrest in the country, we had to call up our reserve force members. The only way we can continue doing that, calling up our reserve force members to supplement our forces when required to, is that they always remain combat ready, as we cannot train them when we need them. They must always be on the same training levels and combat readiness level of their regular Counterpost forces because they deploy together. So, this requires that we continue to train them as we will need to use them. But, in order for that to happen, we need uh reserve force mandates that now we don't have, as you will see further on in the presentation, that some services had to reduce their mandates from 16 days per month to 12 days. And this is for utilization, not counting training. So when we have to add training, then it's added um, mandates that might force most services to exceed the ceiling that is imposed by the reduction in mandates. Some of our Reserve Force members, they provide specialist skills, as you will see in different services, being the the pilots in the Air Force and engineers and some specialist doctors in the South African military health services that we cannot afford to employ full time. Some of them even willing to provide their services without uh, drawing a salary from the reserve wages. The role of the division. The role of the division is that we provide a strategic direction for the reserves to the whole department and advise the chief of the South African National Defence Force on how to provide uh, this uh, capacity of reserve force utilisation. And the chief in turn advises the minister and the secretary of Defence Force. We also provide specialist policies uh, in keeping with the one force concept that the deputy minister mentioned. Because continuously, we had to look at the policies that we implement as far as the reserve force members are concerned. And we continue to write, rewrite, and improve them. Like currently, we had discussions with the Surgeon General as to the services that we provide to the Reserve Force members as they were previously excluded from some specialist um, medical clinic that we have, but we managed to ensure that when Reserve Force members are called up, they will now be entitled to to all the other medical services that their regular counterpart are entitled to. This we achieve by continuing to provide Specialist policy that we continuously discuss with HR as well to see how we can pro improve the services that we provide to our reserves. As the deputy minister also once alluded to to the work session that we had at Ramado, that he feels that when reserve force members are called up, they should be entitled to the same services as they are regular counterparts as they train together and they fight together. So this is us now trying to achieve the concept of the one force concept, which is a continuous uh, policy that exists in the DOD, but we're just working on improving the implementation of the role of the Reserve Force Council is that they advise the minister when it comes to reserve force issues, they don't report to any command line. They don't report to the chief, they don't report to the division. The the existence of a a force council was instituted by the minister, so they report directly to the minister. The business case for the reserve force members is that they, they are a cheaper option to defend the sovereignty and the territorial borders of the country, because you don't have to contribute any pension towards any reserve force member. You only pay them up when they are called up even though you'll have to call them up for training even when they are not called up at times. So their training has to be continuous. That's the only way we will continue to have combat ready reserve force members is to ensure that we continue to train them so that they are the same combat readiness levels with their regular force counterpart because even though Army has the reserve force units, there is no single Entity where you'll find reserve force members deployed or operating on their own will operate as one force when we operate, when we deploy, it's the same, even in units where reserve force members are utilised because structures are not accurate for the requirements of the department, they operate together with their regular force. Counterparts, Hence, they have to have the same training, and this training has to be continuous. Just because they are not called up every day, it does not mean that they will be staying at home and then we will only call them up when they are required. Like when we did in the most recent operation, like Operation Prosper, now Operation Vikela as well, we have Reserve Force members. On our Corona in the borders, we have Reserve Force members. We don't only, when they're not on call-up, then there will be a storm. We have to continuously call them up to refresh them, to make sure that they are always remaining combat ready and they are fit for the cost that we require them for. The army, for instance, it only spends 6.5% 6, 6. of their budget on the reserve, but the service that is provided by the reserve forces plus minus 50% in Operation Corona, which is protection of the borders. So here, it shows clearly that it is cheaper to utilize reserve force members. Hence, the existence of the reserve force is regulated by all the documents that I've mentioned before. And it's also a cheaper option for the department if you see what you're using, 6.5% in relation to what you're getting, plus minus 50% capacity. This is the statistics of the Reserve Force in the department as a whole. The Army being the biggest service, it has 14,934 reserves. The South African Air Force, the second biggest service, our aviation element, has 872. The Navy, which is our maritime, it has 758. And then we have the South African Military Health Service, which has 2463. And the other, these are the ones that will be used by the divisions and other defense force entities like military veteran ombuds and our internal auditing because they also have reserve force members that they call up through the services. So this is the total number of the Reserve Force members in the department, 19,990 and 37. Pardon me. Yeah. Uh, this is the strength that we have for the reserve force. The previous financial year, we had twenty thousand seven hundred and seventy-three. Now we have nineteen thousand nine hundred and thirty-seven because uh, last year we had one thousand, I think two hundred and fifty of our reserve force members recruited by correctional service, and they gave them permanent contracts as correctional service officers. So now this is where we stand with the number of our reserve force members. The numbers that members that were called up in the previous financial year were 15,156. This is 7496, which is about almost 2,000 less than the previous year. These are the mandates that we utilized in the previous year three million three hundred and fifty five thousand three hundred and fifty three current financial year it's two million and eight thousand four hundred and forty our item ten which is our h r expenditure has been two million six hundred and ninety seven two billion sorry six hundred and ninety seven one hundred sixty eight for the current financial year it's 1,618,624 and eighteen six twenty four and three oh three This is the mandate of chief joint operation where uh, the operations of the defense force are conducted. They effect border safeguarding operations, which is Operation Corona. Uh, They execute any other national obligation that might be imposed on us as we are commanded by the commander-in-chief, the president. So anything that uh, the president deems that uh, is threatening national security then he will call on us and instruct us and then we will have to hit the call that is what we exist for we have cooperation with the subs to effect this law and order mission in our country we also as, uh, support other security department as we also have NADOC, where we meet with other security department like uh south african Secret Services, the South African Police Services, the Home Affairs and the Department of Justice, depending on whatever it is that we are called up to do. We also support all other government departments, as we also supported the Health Department during the pandemic that still continues. We might still be called up to assist Uh, department of health now with the surge of the pandemic again in the midst of our fourth wave and mostly we utilize our reserve force members to hit this call like previously last year most of the nurses that were utilized in assisting with the um coronavirus were reserve force members hence we must continue to implement continuous training for our reserve force members because more often than not, we are called up to respond within a period of 24 hours to seven days, and that is not sufficient time to prepare your forces. Hence, combat ready forces is the requirement, and that is the same for the reserves, because a need to implement that it's the time that we have to respond to whatever requirement the country has, it's not enough to prepare your forces' Hence, with... Um, the Department of Defense, your forces, be it regular force members or reserve force members, they must always remain combat ready. And for the reserves, we require many days and the budget to do this. Currently, it's adversely impacted because it is reduced. We also participate in any humanitarian or disaster operation when there's one, especially the Air Force, or uh, where we will have to, to go and assist if there are floods or whatever, human or National disaster that we might find ourselves in the midst of. This is the current utilization by CJ Ops of the Reserve Force members. They have allocated main days six hundred and four four hundred and sixty nine thousand for current financial year. Already they have utilized 225,254. This is what they're projecting using nine oh one five four seven. There is definitely projected over expenditure. With the operation, because there's also now an added operation Vigela, this is why it is uh, difficult for the defense force to be driven by budget because. There are things we cannot plan for, even though we must always remain a combat-ready defense force. But for the operation that depending on whatever it happens, we must respond to the call like we're doing now with Mozambique, which we're sharing borders with. So definitely, uh, Chief General Operation will over expand when it comes to main days, because there's 25% reduction, but there's added responsibilities. So that is almost unavoidable. Operation Corona, where we're protecting our borders, uh, we know uh, we're always providing less companies than the ones that we're supposed to. We only have 15 companies to provide, but we have to provide 22, and the bulk of this is uh, supplemented by the Reserve Force members. However, there are Vacancies that CJOps would like to use Reserve Force members to fill, but they cannot because they don't have sufficient mandates to call up those reserves. So that is another impact that it has on the Operation Corona. CJOps also has structural problems like any other service because most services they call up their reserve to make up for structural problems. I know in the Air Force when the recruitment um a process was decentralized to the Air Force. Only the functions were given back to the Air Force, but the people were not given back to the Air Force. So they had to have a virtual structure where they mainly uh, staffed the reserve force members. So this is what happened with most services. Ops is the same. They have structural problems where they have to call up reserves to supplement those structures, even uh, not for operations. So this is why most environments will definitely over-expand when it comes to the reduced mandate. In fact, they will exceed the ceiling that is imposed by the 25% reduction. This is the continuation of the reutilization utilization of reserves by joint ops. They've decided now to do all call-ups for shorter periods, except for members manning the ops rooms, which is a 24-hour shift. There's always there's to be a person. Also, for protection and security pairs, you will see with SAMS, they also use Reserve Force members for protection of their buildings. Key positions are identified in the division and joint Tech as a chief joint operation has a joint tech ASUS across the country in all provinces call-up for force employment and audit operation. All call-ups will be for three months at a time and reviewed quarterly. This is what now is done by most services when it comes to reserve force uh, call-up contracts because there's a requirement for them to have contracts for the reserve force members. So it can only be for short term because of the reduction in mandates. This is the continuation of joint ops. This is now the impact of reduction in mandates as far as shift joint operation is concerned, the availability of key personnel in the virus operation rooms, production elements of the various units like I've already said most services utilize reserve force members to protect their buildings and stores and some use administration because of structural problems operational, like we've already alluded to that in Operation Corona, they use Reserve Force members. There are still vacancies where they feel they could use more Reserve Force members, but there are no sufficient mandates for that. Quick reaction events may be compromised, like the recent unrest that we had in July. There is no single operation that the Department of Defense can perform without supplementing the regular force members with the reserves, not even a single one, even all the ones that we have and the one we had previously, there's always the need for reserve force members to come as a force multiplier. But with the reduced mandates, we will not be able to call up as much as we can, just like with Operation Corona, we cannot use the reserve force to fill in the vacancies that we still have. And this contributes to our notorious porous borders because we don't have enough mandates now to call up our reserve force members. Even with the riots, we could not, provide the actual number that was required because we did not have either enough uh, regular force members and enough mandates to call up the reserve force members to sufficiently supplement our regular force members. And the risk that we will be incurring because of this is that the border safeguarding will be compromised as it is already almost compromised because we don't have the required companies. We are seven companies short, even with the 15 companies we have, then we still incur vacancies because we cannot call up enough reserve force members to supplement our regular force members. Joint operations might not be able to meet its international operational requirements since the regular force will have to fill the gaps internally as well. Because with Operation Vikela in Mozambique, already they are Reserve Force members, but Joint Ops is not sure as to how many more they can continue to call in the n- next financial year, because that is where the impact of the 25% reduction in many days will actually be felt. This year, most services, including Joint Ops, have made plans to retain what they've been doing, but... Most probably next financial year, the 25% reduction will have to be felt across the department. This will lead to reduced security and production at units. There will be insufficient forces to support other government departments, like I've mentioned, Department of Health that we have been supporting with Corona. And now I can also think of an example of border management authority that came to present in the special MCC that we had on Monday. What they presented to the military command council was that for guards, they are totally planning to rely on the defense force. Their plan is for them to request that the defense force provides them with 3000 reserve force members that they will utilize as guards on the borders. The Defense Force can only do this if they have enough mandates to call up those reserves. But with the status quo, I do not foresee any service that will be able to call up reserve force members that will have to be utilized by an external department. Because currently, even for some of the divisions and department internally, like C-Log, uh, military veterans, military ombuds, internal audit, if they require the utilization of reserves, they yes, they still have to call up those reserves through the services like the Air Force, the Army, SAMS, depending on what the requirement is. But the main days and the budget will have to come from their environment because there is no service that can afford to call up a Reserve Force member for utilization elsewhere. So with the Border Management Authority, which is an external uh, department, even though... uh, they have the same objective that we have of protecting our borders and uh our territories. But the the reduced mandates will make this difficult. But chief of the South African National Defense Forces constituted a task team that must look at how we are going to support the border management authority with regard to having reserve force members serving as guard under the Management, But this is just an example that I'm making that with our reserve force members, we're not only serving the department, also other department like we did with the unrest, where we had to uh, supplement the subs. This is the mandate of the SA Army, to provide combat-ready land forces in pursuance of National Defense Force. National defense and prevention of war in order to achieve national security goals jointly and preferably multinational swiftly and decisively. This we do by um, acting as deterrence, but you can only deter war and things that threaten your national security if you have combat ready forces. Hence, the SA Army relies heavily on their reserve force members to supplement most of the operations and the deployment that they take part in. Chief Joint Operation, even though they participate in operation, they don't have forces They rely on the services, which army is the biggest to provide them with forces to perform operation and to deploy their members. So, hence, the services, which is SA Army, SA Air Force, SA Navy, and SAMS, are the ones who have to continuously train and prepare forces to provide to Chief Joint Operation for operations and deployment. Currently, the current mandate allocation for the Army is one two hundred and eighty one six hundred and sixty five. It will be reduced to nine hundred and twenty six, coupled to funding of six hundred and thirty six. This now is an impact of the twenty five percent reduction for the army. Also, the army have indicated that they foresee that they will exceed the ceiling. There is no way they'll be able to uh, remain within the twenty five percent reduction when it comes to the call- up of reserves and their main days. There's an average of ten thousand five hundred reserve force members that will be called up. Real realment of collapse of members for administrative duty and guard duty, administrative duty. This is because of structural problems that are experienced by the services. Even though we're trying to minimize the collapse and the use of reserves for administrative purposes, where we cannot av- avoid is uh, operations and deployment. But for administrative so, purposes, so, 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 sorry, to... Brigadier.
0: Yes, sir. So, sorry, sorry. Um, just on this slide, um, mm. I'm trying to understand the figures. Uh, I don't want you to leave me behind here. Uh, okay. Let, let's look at the, the, the current men allocation of 1.2 million, which is now reduced to 90, 926. And, yes, sir. Uh, I, 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 it's, it's not a situation where uh, uh, you are counting uh, people twice, when they are with the SA Army and when they are also with the CJ with the CJ CJ Ops, I'm trying to understand how do you calculate this um, in relation to CJ Ops uh, hours? The 1.2 for the 1.2 million for, for the SA Army versus the 900 uh, plus uh, uh, thousand for, for for the CJ Ops. And two, the the, the, the ten thousand reserves, and uh, versus the twelve thousand nine hundred in the context of man hours. You said that when you use reserve and man hours, you you actually confuse us.
2: Okay, I, I can explain, sir. This this number, this is men days, not members of reserves. This is men days. Then the Army decides how they distribute them to different members. It was 1,281,665 Now it's reduced because the 25% reduction, it's not it, it was not allocated to a budget, it is on mandates. But these mandates, they result in the use of this is the amount of money that will be paid for these mandates.
0: Sorry. sorry. in in other words, uh, the CJ OPS mandates will be deducted from this 1.2.
2: No, sir. They will not. CJ OPS, they also have their reserve force members, aside from the members that they get from the army. There is no double counting. When the army calls up members for force preparation, they use these mandates because before they give over those reserve force members to CJ OPS, they must first call them up make sure that they perform continuous training, then hand them over to CJ Ops. So this is what they will use for that. And together with the Reserve Force members, that they also use for, for guards for, for, and administration.
0: For training and preparation.
2: Yes. But and when also they, are for, in,
0: they are counted amongst the CJ Ops.
2: Yes, sir. For operation, it's a different one. I it's see. on the light of CJ Ops, not on this one.
0: Okay,
3: uh, Chairperson, if I may uh, just add to what you've just said, uh, also for clarity, um, because this is 1.2 million, and the the uh, CJ Ops, the projected use is 900,000. So that's already 2.1 million. Um, so where does the 1.99 million, the, the, the reduction then comes from? Um, because then it means that there's no... No allocation for for uh, for for um, air force and and for medical health services. So, it's still uh, coming. Uh, yeah, I, I know, I know, but I mean, I'm just trying to put this into context. As you proceed, you must just tell us how this fit into the 1.99 million uh, that has been reduced from from um, from first of April this year, um, because we we have to know at the end. How, with how many mandates will you end? Because it seems like you will end close to 3 million. Thank you.
2: The reduction of mandates says only coming from 1st of April next year. It was 2.6 million. Then with Now, the per-
3: no, I, I just want to correct you. The Secretary of Defense has said to us the other day from the 1st of April this year, 1.99 million. <sighs>
2: No, it's, it's next year, 1st of April 2022. This year, all services, they're still managing their mandates as they were from the beginning of the financial year. Even with the plans we have with HR, I think Admiral Kubu can uh, come in and agree with me this one. The implementation is only starting 1st of April next year, next financial year, not this financial year.
0: OK, continue.
2: It was 2.6 million across the board. All services in the DoD with a 25 reduction, 25% reduction, it's now 1.9, and that was divided to different services. Of course, army being the biggest service, then they have the biggest percentage. Hence the slides are divided into different divisions and services. Okay. This is still continuation of the army. These are the implications that the 25% reduction of man days will have in the army. Hence, it is will be affected. It's only going to be affected in the next financial year from 1st April 2022, not this year. There is no single service that has implemented the 25% reduction in this current financial year. Hence, you will see that all the impact is stated in future. It will be affected. The SA Army provides majority of manpower, like I've said, because the biggest service that provides landward forces for joint force employment requirements by joint ops, seven out of 15 companies are reserve force members. So you see, it's almost 50 percent of companies like I said previously in that slide that even though the Army uses 6.5 percent of their budget for reserve force members, but the service that they get from the reserve forces plus minus 50 percent, seven out of 50. 15 companies, this is almost 50%. It's reserve force members. Hence, they foresee that they will definitely exceed the ceiling that has been imposed on them when it comes to reserve force mandates. Because they always have to remain combat ready, this requires continuation training that is definitely adversely affected by the 25% reduction because already most deploying units have been saying that if they, for instance, there are units that are, are calling up there, we will be calling up their members only for 16 days per month. So it's difficult in these 16 days to effect the continuation training and still prepare the Reserve Force members for utilization. So it will definitely be impacted. And these are all the operation, like Operation Corona, our border safeguarding operation, external uh, operation Mistral, the one in Congo, and possibly our recent uh, Operation Vigela in Mozambique. So the administration of the reserve force members will definitely be impacted. It's almost impossible to call them up because During the time when you call them up and arrive in units where they have to be fed and they have to be processed, HR, logistics, and all the processes that they have to be affected, you still utilize in mandates. days. So the army forces that this is going to be adversely impacted and it's going to be a problem. The supply of guards, most services, including the sems, they rely on reserve force members to protect their buildings and their storages and their messes. Now, if there are less uh, reserve force mandates to give to reserve force members, then, then this means that the rotation will be a problem. This will also impact on the socioeconomic condition of our reserve force members, because as we know, the ideal situation is that a reserve force members should be a person who has a permanent employment, but is ready to be called up as a reserve when there is a requirement in the department. But the majority of our reserve force members are not employed elsewhere. They solely rely on their reserve force wages for their livelihood. So when they have to cut, take the cut in mandates, then this means they're taking cuts in salary. So this will definitely impact them economically. And uh, it might have the unintended consequences of having trained reserve force members who now have to take a cut in wages and some have to not to be called up at all, because with the reduced mandates, then it means less and less Reserve Force members will be called up. Participation in courses, the Army has taken a ruling of making sure that in keeping with the One Force concept, they will make sure that they do not sign any course submission without a 10% representative of Reserve Force members, because we also have to continuously train our Reserve Force members to ensure that they remain always in power with their regular Force counterparts like i've said earlier some of our courses they take six months others take a year which is 12 months when a member is called up and on course then that means that member is called up every day depending on how many days that month have for 30 days or 31 days most services cannot afford this so as a result of this they will rather not call up their reserve force members for courses because they will not be able to afford to so this adversely impacts the training of the reserves because we don't have we don't want to have reserve force members that don't have the same training as their regular counterparts because this will affect operations and deployment adversely because the training will not be the same also you will see in other slides that the plan for other services is that they planning that when their reserve force members reach retirement age they will not replace them so that they can adhere to the 25 percent reduction then this will mean that we cannot rejuvenate our reserve force members because currently the average age of a reserve force member is a 42 is 42 years old so if the older one leaves and we remain with the 42 year one but we don't recruit more reserves then it means that this component cannot be rejuvenated and we will remain with older reserves these are the risks that come with the reduction of 25%. It will adversely impact our defense review milestone one, that of arresting the decline. If we have all the reserve force members that we are starting to rejuvenate or we have reserve force members that we cannot develop sufficiently, then we, we cannot claim to really be arresting the decline as the defense review requires of us. There will be shortage of junior re- leaders because we cannot rejuvenate, we don't have a future system, we cannot really recruit more reserve force members if we have less mandates to call up those uh, reserve force members. There's also uh, that unintended consequences of having a number of reserve force members who are militarily trained but are not employable because they cannot be called up in the reserves and. They also cannot, they don't have any other permanent alternative employment. Hence, I said the ideal uh, situation for a reserve force member, it should be a member that has a permanent employment, but will be ready to be called up as a reserve when there is a requirement. But with our reserve force members, that is not uh, the case. Unfortunately, most of our reserve force members don't have sufficient skills to compete in the labor market as we know that the unemployment that is um in our country's most structural unemployment, where most people have skills that are not required by the labor market. So it's it's even much more difficult for our reserve force members to compete in the labor market. Hence, we also have now programs where we're reskilling them and ensure that we we, we give them the skills that will at least make them to be self-sufficient if they cannot find a job and also cannot be called up, or for the days that they are not called up. For those who are called up for 10 days, 12 days or 16 days a month. The decision, as uh, this was stated by most services, that the decision to target the reserve force cuts disproportionately to regular force is a short-term solution that will have adverse impact for the department in the future, because there will always be a requirement for the use of the reserve force. So if we are starting now to reduce the mandates, then there is, in the long run, the reserve force will not be able to supplement and become the first, suppl- first multiplier that they're supposed to be. So in future, we don't see this as something that is going to assist with the utilization of the reserves in the department. Uh, this slide speaks to the mandate of the South African Air Force. The South African Air Force is there to provide and manage the air defense capability and provide the strategic airlift for our department and ensure the protection of the sovereignty, the airspace, and the protection of the Republic territorial integrity. We assist also the, our land forces, but mainly the Air Force concentrates on the airspace and the protection there. In the compliance with the international obligation of the Republic, international bodies and states like we have uh, deployments in the DRC and uh, now Mozambique, depending on where the requirement is. Currently, the Air Force has uh, located mandates of uh, 8,602 for this current financial year. Next year, this is the 25% impact reduction. It will be 64,068. Hence, I was saying the 25% reduction for, by all services will only be effect, had with effect from 1st of April 2022. So this is the 25% reduction. And then it amounts to 56 million for item 10, which is HR as our reserve force uh, wages and mandates they fall within this item 10, which is HR. The current call-ups that the Air Force implements is there to augment the regular force members to maintain their operational capability. This is the impact of reduction in the mandates in the Air Force. They are wishing to maintain the current call-up to 440 Reserve Force members and reduce through natural attrition. Just like the army is planning to do, but like I've said before, if when people retire, reserve force members retire, and then we don't recruit younger ones or maybe enlist the ones that come from the MSDS that did not get a regular force contract, then it means we are not rejuvenating or failing to rejuvenate our reserve force members because the current average age is 42. And that is not ideal Ideal situation is have an average age of 29 to 30, but currently that is not the case. The main days in the Air Force from the next financial year when the 25% reduction is implemented will be 12 days. At this stage it's 16 days. So you see this will adversely impact the socio-economic of members, because now people have to adjust to having end. Initially, it was 31 days, then it was reduced to 16 days. And then now from 1st of April, next day, it will be 12 days. The Air Force also calls up their chaplain that will have to receive additional mandates, because chaplains are have to be deployed um, when the reserve force members are deployed or sometimes even regular force members, if the chaplains are not sufficiently, then they have to provide a reserve force chaplain. Provision have been made for the emergency call up. The situation arises as uh, we've made an example of the unrest that when the unrest and the commander in chief calls up the defense force to come and assist whatever department, then we also have to call up our reserve force for that. So definitely. The 25% uh, reduction, we cannot avoid exceeding in such cases because those are the things that we have not planned for and we we have to supplement our regular force members with the reserves. These are the risks that were identified by the Air Force. Six chaplains are called up in the South and with the reduction in men days, the South personnel will not have the full service and support of the chaplaincy. They might have to reduce either the men days or the number of chaplains that they call up. The majority of the reserve force members our previous instructors and trainers who are experts in their fields of avionics and technical services, as air force is a very technical environment, the capacity in the regular force does not exist for the instructors and in the avionics currently. So that is why the air force is so the need to supplement with the reserve force members who now they will have to call up for less days. The South African Air Force relies greatly on their reserve force subject matter experts, especially in occupational health and safety, because they don't have members who are permanently placed in these They utilize reserves for this. They augment the regular force in operational activities and reserve force in the safety assurance environment. The reduction will have an impact on the provisioning of the presidential, and the VIP flights because the Air Force also used Reserve Force members for this. So now they will have to either call less people or reduce the number of days, the people that they call to perform this function. Many of the pilots that they use for our president flight are Reserve Force members in the VIP squadron where our commander in chief flies. Mostly the the Air Force uses uh, Reserve Force members. The utilization in the South African Navy, uh, this is the strateg- a strategic direction for the navies to provide combat readiness and support maritime defense capabilities in order to capacitate the SA Navy to deliver on its mandated objective, which is to be unchallenged at sea while protecting our sea line. These are the mandates that uh, have been allocated to the Navy for the current financial year, 73,788. With the 25% reduction and the impact thereof, it will be 53,000. This now for from first April, 2022. These are the planned mandates by the Navy, 50,800. The Navy has planned the following actions to deal with the reduction. It plans to use 12,700 mandates of the allocated 50,000 by calling up 130 Reserve Force members. This will mainly be the protection duties for diving training, technical staff, and chefs. This is what the Navy mainly uses their Reserve Force members for. These are the risks that will be posed by the reduction to the Navy. They are going to experience increased security risk for both landward and seaward, because they heavily rely on their reserve force members to carry out the protection duties. They feel that there will be lack of technical support to units and ships. There is already experiencing problem with the cut mandates and the budget because the mandates then eventually impact the budget because you use calculation of mandates to calculate the reserve force wages. Vessel maintenance will be hampered by the reduction in many days because they use mostly reserve force members to maintain their vessels. The diving needs of the fleet already are not met and further cuts will compromise them further. This is the impact on SEMS, South African Medical Health Services. The South African Medical Health Services has the mandate to provide health care to all Department of Defense members, including their dependents and approved clientele like the military veterans and uh, visiting uh, military personnel. And at times when we have international fellows studying in our colleges, they also form part of that approved clientele. And this also includes primary health care, tertiary healthcare and operational health that addresses pre-hospitalization, emergency care, and evacuation of patients. In all these environments, the Reserve Force component plays a, an important role with specific reference to medical specialists, like I've said previously, that we lost the capacity of most medical specialists, but there are Reserve Force members that are performing this duty. Nursing, mostly with the pandemic, most of the nurses that were called to assist Department of Health and other hospitals were nurses that are reserve force members and operational emergency care and emergency care technician. This all is supplemented by the reserves. This is the initial allocation for Sems 106,000 men days. And this is the monetary budget 117 million three seventy and seventeen million three hundred seventy and one hundred sixty-six. The expenditure from April to October so far this year. This is what the SAMS has spent on their reserves: ninety million one hundred and ninety-seven and one hundred and seventy. They definitely expect to over spend on their main days, like most services. So this situation will even be dire in the next financial year from first. April 2022, when the 25% reduction will actually be felt by most services. These are the risks that SEMS foresees with the reduction in main days. Their headquarters building in Park is guarded by only reserves. So if they have to reduce either main days or the number of reserves that guards their HQ, their stores and depots, then there will be security risk in those environment experience insufficient deployment of healthcare practitioners and drivers for Operation Corona, Protection of the Borders, and Operation Prosper that deals with the unrest, it will definitely be adversely impacted because uh, sam supplement this with the reserves. There will be limited support to Department of Health, like I've mentioned, during OP Paraguana, 60% of the nursing personnel that were deployed in that operation were reserve force members. Now, should the needs, need similar to that arise, then it means we can only call up less reserves, or the ones we call, we can only call up for less mandates with a 25% reduction needs to be kept in mind that uh, healthcare practitioners like nurses and doctors are paid higher wages, including occupational specific dispensation. So they are not like paid normal rank salary like an ordinary corporal surgeon or captain would be paid in the defense force because they are specialized. They have OSD, so the salary is even different. So the impact in the reserve wages will even be heavier than the normal soldier. There will be limited to no fast preparation activities. This uh, also involves training. That is what most services uh, were mentioning, that continuous training will definitely be adversely impacted because now People will uh, have to balance calling up members for training and utilization, but it's also risky to utilize, especially soldiers, because the reserves are soldiers. You cannot expect a soldier to perform a duty without the continuous training to ensure that they remain combat ready and they still have the same um, competency level that are required for different operations and deployments and that also they're in power with their regular force counterparts. So this is going to be the biggest risk for all services when it comes to this reduction that has been imposed on the reserve force members. This is the continued uh, impact for SAMS, the support to special forces and urban operation, will decline because SEMs have to support all the services, special forces being one of them, and they also use reserves to do that. But now they'll have it will have to be de, it will have to decline. It can't be the same with a twenty five percent reduction. Addition, the current decontamination capability will be restricted also with now the pandemic that we are in, we have to decontaminate our offices sometimes once every week or more than once when there are infections like now with this fourth wave the infections are increasing almost each and every environment will have two three up to five people that are infected every time as, as a precautionary matter every time there is a person that is infected Some people must come and decontaminate the building so that we just trying to make sure that we're healthy and that not everyone gets sick at the same time because we are essential services at the defense force. So we we cannot afford to stay away from work. Hence, we have to take all these precautionary measures. The primary risk is that the provision of life and limb-saving capabilities cannot be assured during the diverse types of operation executed by members of the DOD. As we all, as the department, rely on SAMS for the provision of this, SAMS has to provide every time where we are op- deployed or we're operating. Even in our offices, we have sick base SAMS has always have to provide a service, service, but in this service, which is supplemented by Reserve Force. So now the capacity will definitely decline and be impacted because there are less days now for Reserve Force members to be called up and utilized. This is the summary of the whole presentation. Reserves that are deployed in Operation Corolla and recently in PROSPER, which was the operation that dealt with the unrest, was meant to augment the regular force deployments in support of service. They're also supplementing their regular force in various other fields. For example, guard duties like most buildings are guarded by reserve force members in different units and services. When they are on deployment, also for security, mostly they use reserve force members. Some areas for administrative, like I've said. There are functions that were not decentralized to the services, so they use virtual structures that they staff with the reserve force members. Number of reserve companies to be deployed, Furthermore, the reserves are needed, especially the leader group instructors and administrative personnel to maintain and sustain 11,000 reserves in the SA Army in 67 units across South Africa. This is a continuous requirement that will also be adversely impacted by the 25% reduction. Hence, the Army has already indicated that they foresee that they will definitely exceed the ceiling imposed by the 25% reduction. There will be limited number of reserve force members deployed externally, but an increase might happen with Operation Vikela. The combat readiness of forces provided to CJOPS by the SS Army, the South African Air Force, the South African Navy, the SAMS all services will not be appropriately trained. Hence, I said earlier that most services are now contemplating that they have to balance training with utilization with the amount of mandates that they have, they don't foresee that they will be able to do both. So one of the two will be compromised between training and utilization of the reserves. Constant reduction will lead to huge unemployment huge human resource, which could have unintended consequences and pose a risk to the country's stability. Like I've said earlier, having uh, people that are trained militarily who will find themselves with less income or no income at all might have unintended consequences that might contribute to instability in the country. This is not what we wish for, but it's one of those things. What we thought we should indicate that it might lead to there will be difficulties, and of course, rejuvenating our reserves because we have an old reserve force component with an average age of 42. So if now, how are we going to manage this um, reduced days is to wait for those who are reached the age of 65, which is the maximum age of a reserve force members uh, but as well as the prerogative of the minister that they can still call up people that have exceeded that age. But normally at the age of 65, reserve force member retires. So if we only wait for those, but still keep the ones that are between the ages of 42 to 64, then it means we can't continue to now rejuvenate and bring in the younger members to supplement our reserve force members because we are faced with this reduction. In conclusion, We foresee that the continued budget cuts imposed on the utilization of the reserves are only a short-term solution to the problem that is faced by the department that of uh, budgetary constraint problems. But it will definitely have major long-term consequences because then it limits the capacity of the reserve force members to augment their regular force members. So that is how I conclude my presentation. Thank you. Now the presentation is open for discussion.
0: Uh, thank you very much, uh, <laughs> Minister. Deputy Minister. I, used to, uh, I wanted to check if you are still in the meeting. Hey, I've been held hostage <laughs> to this. I've been held hostage by the presentation of the Brigadier General. Very depressing, eh? Yeah, with with your permission, may I please uh, withdraw? Yes, no, please. Thank you so much. I'm happy that you waited until the last slide uh, uh, DM. Okay, you may take leave. Thank you very much, yeah. and so much. members of the committee. Thank you. Uh, General, thank you. Uh, were, were you at uh, training this morning? I- I'm surprised at the... Um, energy with which you are delivering this good, this uh, sad news?
2: Yes, I train every day. I run every day.
0: But um, you're delivering sad news, eh? This is a sinking ship.
2: I know, sir. You?
0: All right. OK, colleagues, I, I, I don't know how you want us to deal with this. You may withdraw the, the presentation from the screen so that I can see the colleagues. Colleagues, uh, to be honest, I, I don't know how you want to deal with this. Um, maybe we should ask questions for for clarity, and then uh, take discussion when the senior leadership uh, is in the pre- is sorry is, is present. We we uh, uh, we have this closed meeting. I, I think a fuller discussion on this uh, would. Have to be reserved for, for that discussion with the senior leadership. Uh, it's very depressing news. Um, all right, colleagues, Mr. Mare, uh, I don't know how you want us to deal with this. Um, <sighs> then.
3: Chairperson, yes, it's incredibly depressing. Uh, I I agree with you. It is it is kind of it is kind of what we knew for a long time um but uh, it is it is sometimes very much appreciative to get to get the real picture but it is it is still very very depressing um i think i think you are quite right uh, because that was my first idea as well we have to we have to have this as an integral part of that urgent discussion hopefully very very soon in the new year, if not the first thing, one of the first things, um, because I think what, what this emphasizes is, is actually what is in the 2015 defense review. And that is a, a bigger reliance on a larger reserve force and a, and a less or a a lesser reliance on a regular force. Um, And we have seen over the time that, that, the reliance on the reserve force has been high, and in fact has increased, uh, while the the, um, the 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 regular force has not been has not been reduced uh, to to any indication close to what the the, the 2015 Defence Review uh, is indicating. So so this is a challenge that we have to deal with because it it and this presentation speaks to the constitutional um, obligation of the defence force and that of our committee and Parliament, so so we have to deal with this uh, hopefully head on, very realistic, with an open mind. Um, however, being having said that, I just wanted to have a clarity on on a few uh, on a few things. Um, first of all, um, starting with the expected, I just want to know the expected. Utilisation of, of mandates for this year. Uh, the budget—it uh, was given indication of the budget for this year was 2.6 million. That will be cut to 1.99 from next year onwards. Um, how much? How much do they foresee? Mandates? Will we use reserve force for this financial year? I know that the just over two million. Uh, 2,038,000 was, was indicated up to uh, uh, year-to-date. Now, I don't know when that year-to-date is. Is it end of November? Is it end of October? Uh, uh, when when will that be? Um, because that will give us an indication of the problem that we are facing with still this financial year. Then I also want so, to find out so, about the...
0: Mr. Mr. Mare. Yes, yes sir. Um, I, I, I just that I did, I did not. I am trying to get your question uh, so that I'm able to direct uh, uh, the, the the responses. Um, are you not addressing the main days uh, under the under the current financial year? Uh, I understood that to be saying that they are not affected. The the cut relates to the next financial year.
3: That is the indication. Yes, the cut. But uh, but I just want to find out. Um, because remember, the Reserve Force sits in a predicament. There, there, are, there are budgets, but when there are authorizations for deployment, they have to be called up and they have to be there. So so I just want to know, in terms of the budgeted 2.6 million hand mandates for 21-22, uh, what the expectation is that we will end up with? Because the, the year to date, I think it was on slide 10 or 11, was given as already at just over 2 million days. So I'm not sure when the year to date was. Was it in November, in October, in September? Uh, I don't know. I just want to get a picture of where we stand with this year because that will give us an indication of how big our problem will be towards next year. And and then there was an indication that there will only be 14 companies being deployed. Uh, what what companies are? Uh, uh, was she referring to? Uh, I just want to know whether that
0: is fifteen to fourteen. Yes, but is
3: that is that um, the 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 ops corona companies of which fifty three percent she has said uh, is actually coming from the reserve force um, because that is that is a huge indication to us and a red flag um, because uh, you know neither the, the minister nor SecDef or CJ Ops uh, has ever indicated to us that they will there will be less companies uh, being deployed on the border this year. This will be then the first time that there's such an indication and that comes from the Reserve Force. Then I just wanted to find out quickly um, if if CJ Ops has been allocated only just over 900,000 man days, um, uh, you know, that sounds very strange to me that, you know, less than 50% is going to CJ Ops, and that is actually where our operations coming from. Um, uh, so, so maybe maybe that is true. Maybe she could just clarify that. Then I, I just wanted to find out. We still sit in a situation where reserve force council members. Now I don't know if all reserve force council members terms have have ended, but currently I know that that many of the reserve force council members have not been reappointed, or there's no appointments yet. So maybe that is also something, Chair, maybe not to to, to, the, to the Brigadier General, but I think for us uh, to find out from the Minister as well as to when those appointments will be taking place. Because going into the next year, and especially with our planned meeting, and we do not have a, a Chief of the Reserve Force, and we do not have a, a Reserve Force Council um, you know, that advises the President, uh, I mean, this is a this is not a an ideal situation. So, if there's an indication of when that will happen, can she also indicate to us she has given us an indication of how much of the reserve force are being used on Ops Corona, which is over 50, just over 53 percent. How much of the reserve force members are being used for other ops, Mistral, Vikela, uh, and also Prosper that we have just used, just to give us an indication of of also how heavily we depend on the reserve force, because all of this uh, a chairperson will, will guide us into a situation where we say, if this is what we have to deal with, uh, and we have to rely on our reserve force, then there's gonna be very um, uh, unpopular decisions made by us and uh, and the leadership in terms of going forward, because we cannot, not support our reserve force because quite clearly we are so so dependent in line with uh, with with uh
0: um, you're, 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 review. you're, so, you're, you're discussing it uh, mr mara yeah yeah so I, I just want to erase that no no let's 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 let me just direct this let's not discuss it colleagues we we have already agreed i think you have concurred that the, the the senior leadership is not present with us uh, to have a, a fuller discussion um, on the matter. For now, I just ask. I, I permit questions for clarity, so that we are clear on the matters that were presented this morning. Uh, in preparation for the discussion with the leadership, uh, I'm, I'm sorry if it's not that the, the leadership is not there, Mr. Madam. I'm not sure if you understand. And the minister is not in the meeting.
3: Yeah, the,
0: no, the I just uh, uh, taken leave.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree with you and I understand that fully, but somehow one must just put that into the minutes that we are you know, incredibly concerned about the situation and, and we are being left vulnerable quite clearly and we have to deal with this urgently as soon as possible. But just those those few uh, questions of clarity will be much appreciated. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Motley?
5: Yeah, th- thank you, Chair. Uh... I won't be long uh, because you have uh, provided direction that uh, some of the things might not be addressed today. I I I, I must uh, agree with you, Chair and uh, Honorable Marie, that uh, uh, the presentation is it's a uh, uh, depressing. Uh, I've got. Uh, just one clarity. I'm not sure whether the President General will be able to provide that clarity. But uh, uh, since General uh, Admiral Gugu is in the meeting, uh, they might uh, assist each other in that regard. Because one of the things that uh, uh, was raised by the presentation is that uh, uh reserve force uh, members in their majority uh, they are relying and depending on the uh, uh, the reserve force uh, uh, as as a a form of employment to them, as opposed to them uh, taking calls as and when uh, uh, the need arises. Uh, now, my, my the clarity that I want to find out is the recruitment uh, of the regular forces. To what an extent are they considering uh, uh, the reserve force, as and when they 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 recruit for for regular forces? Do, to do do they go to an extent of uh, calling this reserve force, since they are now uh, aware that uh, this reserve force, in their majority, they are not employed elsewhere; they are dependent. Uh, on 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 the reserve force uh, uh, duties. That that is the clarity that I want to 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 to, to get from uh, uh, from colleagues. Uh, because if we are aware, why not take them? Why do we go recruit outside uh, if we are aware that uh, 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 colleagues on the reserve force are in need of. Uh, this particular opportunities and they are willing to to give those services thank you very much
0: thank you very much mafanya are you mr mafanya are you having a question sir uh
1: thank you very much chair no i do not have questions uh is yeah i'm i'm echoing the same sentiments like the rest of all of us Uh, Those are concerns that we have, and probably we won't even get um, the answers that we need today. So I concur with you, Chair, that we need the the senior leadership to be here so that we we, we engage thoroughly. But uh, mine is just a comment, uh, Chair, to say that uh, we we are well aware that uh, there has been a continuous decline uh, in some of the services that are rendered, and it is for this community to adopt a strategy where we have a turnaround, uh, so that we, even the history captures well, captures well, that we we did our best to, to bring some 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 clarity, and as, at some point, brought about change and and, and plans, because with mm-hmm. the uh, the manner at which things are going is that there must be a plan of, of centuries to come so that we know that at the end of it all, we manage to turn things around for a better DoD. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, thank you very much. You can see I've, um, I have how do you like my shade of, uh, of red? OK? Uh, Shelembe. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, welcome, on, welcome. You are, you are, I, adoption is, is allowed. It's getting
3: there. <laughs>
0: Thank you.
3: <laughs> uh, firstly, congratulations on for winning the chairperson from the ANC. Um, you are
1: mistaken. You are mistaken. Not yet. Not
0: <laughs> Okay, now thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Well, uh, Chepesin, just a short question. Uh, she has highlighted that. Uh, The issue of, I mean, uh, the reserve force will affect um, the international operational requirement. I don't know whether he's in a position uh, to tell us what are the consequences if say, uh, the international operational requirement is compromised. Thank you. All right. And uh, colleagues, I'll allow you uh, to do a a second round uh, of questions of clarity. Um, uh, As long as you will be measured, uh, taking into account that we are not entering into a full discussion yet, all right? uh, 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 General, uh, over to you. There was also a question directed um, to Admiral Kubu uh, as our uh, human resource uh, specialist.
2: Thank you, sir. Uh, I I think I can also answer that one because I I know the response to it. I I struggled with hearing uh, Mr. Murray. Uh, He continued to break. But the only one I could pick up was how many mandates do we expect to utilize this financial year? This financial year, the allocation was 2.6. But of course, as indicated by most services, including the army, which utilizes the most reserve, they are expecting to exceed the ceiling. The utilization for this financial year, we expect it to be around 2.9, which uh, then there might be an over expenditure of 300,000 because there was also Operation Prosper that was not planned for in the beginning of the financial year, and uh, Operation Vigela, and also where they're using more reserves in Operation Corona because they continue to have vacancies so they expect to utilize 2.9 some of the things he was asking he was breaking I could not pick them up when it comes to the question of translating reserve force members to regular force members when we recruit CHR which is Admiral Kobo always encourages that the services before they can go and recruit outside they should consider translating their reserve force members into regular force members because that is a cheaper option. A reserve force member is someone who has already been trained as a soldier. So if you translate them, you just place them when you need to utilize them. Whereas when we recruit, you have to still uh, take that person through basic military training, depending on the utilization. They might also have to go and do officers forming. That takes about a year not even counting the, the expenditure that goes into developing a soldier. So when you translate a reserve force member, you're taking someone who's already trained as a soldier. You're just changing the contract from that of a reserve force member to that of a regular force member. That is encouraged. CHR is always encouraging that. Also in the board that we have as Defence Reserve Division once a month, we encourage our services that when there are vacancies, first look into the option of translating your reserve force members into regular force members, so that is something that we do. Uh, maybe the chairperson can assist me with some of the things that uh, Mr. Murray was um, asking or seeking clarity on because it was breaking. I couldn't hear most of them.
0: Yes, uh, he wanted to you to confirm that uh, that 14, whether that 14 means reducing the the 15 uh, companies that are uh, on operation uh, Corona. Uh, from 15 to 14, and two, uh, he wanted you just to uh, brief us about the feeling of vacancies in the Reserve Force Council. Uh, Am I correct, Mr. Murray? You said the Reserve Reserve
3: Force Council. Yes, that's correct. Um, And also what I've asked, uh, she has indicated that for Operation Corona, uh, 53% has been utilised that, that for Operation Corona comes from the Reserve Force. So I've just asked um, in terms of Mistral, Vikela uh, and Prosper, um, how much was, was coming from uh, from the Reserve Force, just to give us an indication of the our reliance on the Reserve Force for, for those
0: uh, operations as well. So do you have that percentage? You, you were able to say for Operation Corona, um the the split is about 50 50 a percentage with all yeah. with the other deployments can is it possible to give us the the split between uh, reserves and uh, and regular
2: for for vigela because in the past they had stopped deploying reserve force members externally then uh last year the f- former chief defense reserve Jama anderson presented to the mcc and um Explain the need to have uh, reserve force members also supplementing external operations and the chief army agreed to that. So they tried it now with Operation Vikela in Mozambique, the percentage that they have paid 20% of the reserve force members that are in Operation Vikela. Operation Mistral in the DRC, not so much because they had stopped uh, deploying reserve force members externally. So they have now started with Operation Vikela in Mozambique and it's only 20% of the members that are Reserve force members there
0: mr the- not so
3: yeah yeah thank you very much much appreciated for that yeah. uh, and, and and then just in terms of the 14 companies that like the chairperson said especially given that there's going to be two a utilization <coughs> against 2.9 million um, mandates um you know how does that translate?
2: Translates to uh, to Operation Corona.
0: Yes, you, you yes and actually... the fourteen
3: companies and the fourteen companies uh, that you've indicated.
2: No, it's fifteen companies in Operation Corona, but because of our vacancies, we have. Um, I think we have just um, below one thousand vacancies, but it's still fifteen companies.
3: But your presentation said fourteen companies.
2: No, for Operation Corona is 15%. It's supposed to be 22, so it's 15. So we are shutting seven companies in Operation Corona. But with the vacations that we have, that 15 companies is not fully staffed because there is a vacancy of almost 1,000. So it leads to, but it's still 15 companies, not 14 companies. The companies okay, have not been on, reduced.
3: On, okay, but on, on your slide 26, you said reserve okay. force, number of reserve force companies to be deployed for, for financial year 22, equal fourteen. What what does that fourteen companies mean? What are you referring there to?
2: I think it's a typo yes. because there have all not, all been, a decision, have not a, been a decision. There have not been a decision made to cut down the number of companies. So if it's, it indicates 14, then it's a type of It's still 15 companies, but it's not fully staffed because there are vacancies that Chief Joint Operation cannot fill, and they cannot use Reserve Force members to fill those vacancies because there are no sufficient mandates to call up those members.
0: So, 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 so Mr. Murray, it, it is in that area where they are actually anticipating um, uh, uh, that they will exceed the number of uh, allocated um, yeah. uh, hour, hours We're to not, them. Yeah, for them to remain within the allocation, they yeah. must reduce the number of companies, which they can't. I think yeah. she's trying to say that.
3: Yeah, but at least, at least she's clarified that now. I was just concerned
0: about that. I was also as, as concerned, Mr. Murray. All right. Oh. So the appointment
2: so, of the RFC, I think the Deputy Minister, Honourable Deputy Minister, will assist us with that. What I know is that the current contract of the RFC expired on the twenty fifth of November. I, 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 the decision is up to the Minister now to extend it or see what happens moving forward. I think Deputy Minister will will have to assist us with this. I am not sure what's going to happen, but the current contract expired on the twenty fifth of November.
0: Okay. All right, um, right. I'm sure you have been auditing your questions. Have they all been dealt with?
3: Thank you for the, the, the questions for clarity. Yes, thank you very much. Much appreciated. So
0: much. And uh, Tabo, are you okay? I think you have been answered that they do recruit from the reserves. the reserves. Yeah, yes. And uh, Mafanya, Honor Mafanya, are you fine? And Honor are you also fine?
1: I'm, I'm fine, sir. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you so much. Shelembe, are you fine? That's okay, it's
3: okay. All right. Chairperson, with your indulgence, there's just one matter that I want, just one clarity, and I don't know whether the the Brigadier General can give us an indication. She has referred to the the Border Management Authority and the role of the Defence Force. Um, Obviously, we know that the Defence Force is not part of the, defense, of the Border Management Authority, the, the, the department, so we are basically a service provider. Is there any indication that the Border Management Authority, from their own budget, will contribute to the cost of, of uh, deploying uh, soldiers, whether Reserve Force or, or Regular Force, uh, to assist them um, you know, in, 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 in doing their job? On, on their behalf. Is there any indication that we can invoice them? Because that will certainly assist us and the reserve force call-ups in the future, if if so.
0: And uh, all right, any other questions, colleagues? All right. All right. It looks as though we we, we have exhausted all the questions. Uh General?
2: Yes sir, thank you. Um uh, Mr. Maray, um when they put a management authority presented and stated that their plan is to have uh, 3,000 Reserve Force members called up on their behalf to assist as guards. They said it will be at their own cost, but our finance representative who was in the meeting when she looked at the budget that they had, she did not think it was practical to have 3,000 Reserve Force members called up with the amount of the budget that they have. Maybe they do not really appreciate the amount that goes into calling up a Reserve Force member for utilization. Also, in the past, we have been called to assist different departments uh, with the commitment that will be paid because there are funds. the funds normally go to B7 account, and they never come back to the Defence Force. Hence, we continue to struggle when it comes to budget, because we what, also have to... What is B7 account? It's an account that when the other department is paying back the services, of other department that they pay to, but it goes to National There is okay. uh, You will never central get that money back, fund. Even though, because that's the account that currently they pay it into.
3: Yeah, that's a central revenue fund where all the revenue goes to, unfortunately. Yeah. All right.
2: So, okay. so the plan is for us, this has been set in different platforms in the uh, command uh, meetings of the department that we must, even National Treasurer has been saying we must have a, a model. That will enable us to be able to get the monies from other departments when we provide service. We are currently working on that. Hence the tactical team that the Chief of the South African National Defence Force constituted to see how we can assist uh, the border management authority going forward. Because currently no one has the, in, in sufficient mandates to call up Reserve Force members 3,000 of them to be utilized externally. But they asked him to discuss that. They said they have the funds to, to pay for the Reserve Force members, even though our finance representative went to looked at the amount that they claim to have. She did not think it was sufficient for call up of the number of Reserve Force members that they wanted us to call up to assist them with.
0: Thank you very much. By the way, can
5: so
2: you
0: said what is your role in the department uh, general? What's sir? What what is your role, (laughs) department?
2: I'm Director Defence Reserves, Director Defence Reserves at uh, Defence Reserve Division. I'm the two IC of Chief Defence Reserves. I was the two IC of General Anderson before he retired. You were what? Two IC, second in command to General Anderson before he retired. That is the that is the post that I'm still in, Director Defence Reserves.
0: Oh, okay,
6: okay, okay.
2: Yes,
0: I'm
6: not too much. The, Chair so, person.
0: yes, uh, Admiral Kubu.
6: Thank you, Chairperson. Let me just ask, um, obviously, add on what General uh, Niabu just said in terms of the issue of the BMA. It is indeed correct. Uh, this is the issue that we raised on Monday with them when we had a meeting, because it's also going to add in terms of uh, the budget of uh, on compensation of employees because if the money goes to B7 account, it's not coming back to our own, to the DOD, and it's not actually going to address irregular expenditure. So the 3,000 that we're talking about is quite a huge amount, which will now add to the irregular expenditure when it comes to compensation of employees, because it's it's just gonna make the margin bigger than what we have presented. So this is the concern that we raised on Monday to say this will be an issue. If there was a system where we actually take the reserve force and we give them the reserve force and they pay themselves, not through us, that will actually help. And we're looking at a system like that and say, is it possible that they can do that? If it is possible that they can do that, then it's not really an issue for us. Or if they go through national treasury and national treasury says, okay, fine, we agree with you that the the Department of Defense must call up people on your behalf, but we reimburse the Department of Defense through, you know, their own allocation and we increase their vote on this particular issue, then it will actually resolve the issue. Then the money is not just going to the B7 account and we lose it, and it does not also add in terms of the additional uh, over expenditure in terms of, uh, of compensation of employees. Those were the questions. But also, while we... Maybe the last comment from Asa, because Jane to addressed all the questions correctly. It's just that we've got two categories of collapse. We have got the one that we call the unplanned mandates. An unplanned mandate is basically the one that we will have the commander in chief or the minister deploying the defense force, which was not part of the planned mandates because every service and division have got a plan mandate. They will say during this particular year or financial year, I will require so much money reserve for this type of operations and they budget for that. So the unplanned one is where you have not planned and then the the deployment have to happen uh, based on the requirements of that particular time And was not in our plan like all the operations that we just mentioned in terms of the crisis that happened three months ago the op corona deployments were not also planned and those ones fortunately we don't really for now have been having a problem with treasury because once we go to treasury on those ones and say to treasury we have overspent on terms of coe on these particular missions but remember they were not planned Treasury will always say, if we don't have money, they say reprioritize and we will not regard that money or that compensation of the of, in terms of the reserve force wages as irregular, but increase your, your budget ceiling in terms of that. So there has been a good understanding between us and Treasury on that particular one because they know it was not planned. So we don't really have a problem when it comes to unplanned activities because of the deployment that has been authorized by the president outside our normal planned operations. So we we find one another on those issues. We have been getting reinvestment in terms of item 10 on those specific ones. So from HR perspective, we don't see that as irregular. Fortunately, treasury does not see that as irregular. If we go to treasury and say, you see now, we don't have the money for this. So the one that we, we have got a problem is the unplanned one. I mean, the planned one, if you exceed on that issue, it's like irregular because you support the plan better. And that's where the challenge comes with only the, uh, the, the, the plan mandates. And we, that's where we said to services, rather plan correctly and stick to your plan with regard to these ones. But the unplanned one, you don't have control. I just wanted to add on those uh, two issues. But I think General Nia would really did respond to all the questions correctly. I submit, Chen.
0: Uh, thank you very much, uh, uh, colleagues. Uh, I think we, colleagues, we we, we have uh, come to the end of the presentation and, and, and the discussion uh, uh, thereof. Um, <clears throat> I think the team has done very well. Uh, the two, uh, Admiral Kubu and, uh, and, and the General, um we are not concluding on the matter as yet uh, because the situation like we said is serious um we, it requires um you know uh, serious uh, reflection uh, on it we we are facing a, a sinking ship and so it can't be uh, business as usual. Um, so, but <coughs> it, it, we 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 it will add value if we take this discussion when the top management is here, uh, the top brass, the minister, and, and and the deputy minister. All right, colleagues, uh, please don't don't exit, uh, Admiral Kubu and, um, and and and, 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 no. and, the, and the general. Uh, I want you to see our uh, program for next year so that you can then start to plan accordingly and um, Brian, can you flight our uh, program for the first time. Sorry, Chair, I I didn't get you. Should I upload the program?
6: Upload the uh, program, please. All right. Chair.
5: Yeah. All right, <laughs> colleagues. Um,
0: we, f- we felt that uh, okay. the, the matter that no uh, <coughs> was uh, deferred um, uh, from last week must be the first uh, item to to deal with uh, um, when we resume our um, meetings in, in the new year. So, we start with the presentation by the DoD on the findings of the Ministerial Task Team on the procurement of the Heberon uh, drug. Uh, so, uh, dedicating a full day uh, to, to that one. Uh, then, the following week, uh, it's a briefing by DoD on the second and third quarter reports, and, uh, and the, and then update on the BTR recommendations, um, we, we need this information to prepare for the next uh, disc- t- for the discussion on the next budget, 2022-2023, uh, budget, uh, AMSCO as well, uh, we are expecting them to update us on the BTR recommendations, and we we'll deal with the minutes. And then the, the third week, in the third week, it's a briefing by the DMV. Again, we are preparing for the 2022 budget um, discussion. We are calling up, we, we are asking them to give us a presentation on their second and third quarter reports. An update on BID Rule R. And, uh, and, 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 and of course, progress with the finalization of the, and updating of policies on all services and benefits and especially the Public Transport, Pension, Housing, Bursary, Benefits etc. Yeah. So, so that's, that's, that's that's DMV and, and Benefits. And then the following week, uh, the fourth week, uh, it's a briefing by, it's you Kubu here, uh, Admiral Kubu, uh, but of course with your senior management. And that's where I was saying, uh, we're deferring this discussion for today, too. Um, we may want to adjust the, the item if it is, if it doesn't, um, if it is not broad enough to accommodate even the issue, the issues that came up this, during this, this, uh, this meeting. Briefing by the SNDF on human resources requirements, amid the current fiscal constraints, and how the force design, force structure, Uh, may need to be adjusted accordingly, Um, uh, according to the Minister's statement, uh, budget versus uh, uh, mandate uh, driven defense force. Um, So, colleagues, just in the meantime, please be applying your mind on whether the discussion today can be accommodated within this uh, particular item. So, we are closing this meeting and uh, it will be with the minister and top and the Topras, and the deputy minister and then uh, the following week uh, it's a briefing by the DMV uh, on the audit action plans um, and preventative controls and, uh, and, and the implementation of the of consequence management in, in relation to irregular, fruitless and wasteful expenditure. And uh, two, a report back on uh, AG South Africa issues, such as a report, a performance, report performance reporting compliance with applicable legislation and related uh, internal controls. And then the last point with DMV is on cases of fraud and corruption and the consequence management. And the second of uh, March, it's a briefing by DOD on progress in relation to cases of uh, fraud and corruption and consequence uh, management. So uh, these are separate from uh, irregular, fruitless, and wasteful expenditure. All right. So, and uh, <clears throat> and then we asking them to brief us on the. Audit action Plans, uh, the implementation thereof, of uh, uh, preventative controls, and... Um, uh, Brian, we're not bringing up uh, the issue of irregular wasteful uh, expenditure on this one. C- can we bring it up as well? In the same way as we've done with the with DMV? <clears throat> Alright, because you recall colleagues that... Uh, They've given us a, 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 a register of uh, irregular uh, expenditure. I think there are about 404 transactions and we uh, undertaken to keep track on uh, uh, consequence management um, in respect of, in respect there too. So, I must bring it up, Brian. Uh, and then, <coughs> and then uh, on the 9th, is a briefing by, 9th, Brian, where are you now? Ninth, right on the ninth is a briefing by the Minister of uh, Defence and AMSCO uh, on the future of uh, Project Bureau, Hotel and and Hof-Yester, including past payments and plans to address uh, the combat vehicle requirements for the SA Army and and two the status of the maintenance of uh, SA uh, Force Helicopter Fleet uh, by DINEL. And, uh, I'm not too sure if we must limit it to only those that are uh, maintained, stroke service by DINEL, or we should uh, broaden it. I don't know who else um, uh, uh, maintains uh, our SA uh, Force Fleet. We've Uh, just said that... Yeah, we've just said that the crippans yeah. were grounded, and um, yeah,
3: exactly, exactly, and that must be part of that. So, whoever is involved in that, you know, I mean, uh, we are crippled currently, and we we read it in the in 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 in, in article. So, it must be part of that. So, uh, it's not only the helicopter, but is, that as well.
0: Is that Dnello? But is that, denaro, is that services that um, SA fleet? Uh,
3: no, it is not. But I believe that there are some. Pay parts that are manufactured by Denel, uh, okay. so obviously it impacts on the um, on the Grippens as well.
0: All right, all right. Maybe let's say status of uh, maintenance of SA Force helicopter fleet by Denel and others. And, uh, because remember the the C one hundred and thirty is also
3: kind of uh, um, you know the OEM or the assigned OEM by you know is Denel. So, so we must actually look at the impact of the helicopters and other uh, uh, airframes, um, air airlift capabilities. You know, um, so, so they must indicate to us who are the, who are the 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 maintenance contractors, whether it's the the air force themselves, or whether it is outside contractors, so that we can have a holistic view. Uh, on that as well can i can i just say on, on so let's,
0: biro, let's, let's, let's say the status of maintenance of s a air force helicopter fleet by uh, uh, various yeah. uh, service providers
3: For, uh, helicopters and aircraft
0: helicopters and aircraft by yeah. uh, mm-hmm. by, by various by various uh, uh, service providers
3: chairperson uh, uh, on that point can i just say obviously Biro is spelled incorrectly but, but whether the minister can must also then not only brief us, but give us an outcome of the future of Hufayster. Is Hufayster now cancelled? Um, because then we can move forward. Because currently it is constant, consistently just rolled over, rolled over, rolled over. And it seems like there is not a final decision on Hufayster. On because that I impacts think, on I, another. No, no, I, I think
0: it's there. If if you look at and the plans to address the combat vehicle requirements for, for the SAM. Yeah. yeah. I think we if if we wanted to, to make it broad so that um, yeah. any question that colleagues may have around this area okay. may actually pose it to, to the we'll minister. Have,
3: but hopefully the minister will tell us uh, what is the yeah. future of UFI
0: Okay, all right uh maybe maybe we can say it and uh okay, let's bring in future of your first area yeah. um see how we bring it that in that yeah. one in okay uh, Thank you. yeah okay we will bring it in all right uh the sixteenth of march um a briefing by axta on audit opinions on of contracts related to uh, project Tusano. um uh, project Tusano has been flagged by the a g so uh, we thought we should create a platform um, to receive a briefing uh, 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 on it. Um, update by the DOD on Project uh, Tusano, uh, the past costs, projected future expenditure, value as a result of the project activities conducted under approach, uh, Operation Tusano, and then the consideration of the minutes. And then on the 23rd, it's a briefing by. Uh, National Treasury on DOD budget cuts, uh, assistance to DOD to keep this. <clears throat> see, I'm 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 I'm, I'm low, uh, to bringing up uh, Treasury at this point. Um, uh, see colleagues, uh, but I'll I'll I wait to take advice from you. Uh, I think treasury said you must you DOD, have your house in order first uh, only then we can uh, start uh, the discussion on 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 your budget cuts and um and the budget cuts are spread across all departments and uh, i know it's an environment imposed on treasury by the economic um the, the status of, of our country uh, I don't know if we want to bring them we might want to bring them on, on uh, in or we leave it to within us to deal with it uh, within the doD environment to deal with it. Colleagues so, so that then uh, looks at uh, and then there is an oversight uh, visit in the event. Uh, we are successful to hold, to have an oversight uh, visit. Those are the places that we chose last time colleagues can i get your comments on this uh admiral koop we are invited to comment as well as well as uh, the the general and yeah thank you
6: thank you chair for that yes i think you correct on the one of the 23rd of march we have been engaging national treasury we actually have been having a lot of meeting with them And then the understanding between us and them is that as soon as they see that we implemented those interventions that we have presented to also the committee, we can actually be able to talk on the issues of irregular expenditure on the COE, which is around 7.4 billion. But also on the issue of the exit mechanism, they said they are allowing us to continue with that. But we must reprioritize which obviously is still a problem but i think as we reprioritize and we go back to them and say this is the budget that we actually approve in terms of the exit mechanism they will also support that so that agreement between us and treasury i think has already taken place and then i think for us it is positive but they just want us to see that we are implementing the five intervention that we have presented so, yes, as to whether, Chair, you still wanted to come to this forum, uh, I think they will probably give you the same response that they have given to us. I submit, Chair.
0: No, no, thank you very much. I need that assist. So we must then rework this. It's either we say it's a feedback from you uh, on your discussion with National Treasury.
3: Chairperson, uh, uh, if I may. Um, yes, Mr. The, the, the only thing that I, I hear what, what, what the Admiral is saying, um, however... Um, I think there must be an interaction from our side to to national to national treasury um, because I think we sit on a different level, um, and by that time, there would have been these discussions, and and there would have been uh, even discussions where we were involved with with the leadership, and this is actually in preparations for the midterm budget. Uh, hopefully, that they that they will then be able to reallocate uh, certain uh, funds as well to us. So, so whether we have got it on the 23rd of March or whether we've got it in April, uh, somewhere we have to have that discussion with uh, with, with uh, National Treasury, specifically with regards to the exit mechanism. Um, you know, so, so that is critical importance. I just want to say on that last point, uh, the, the oversight I think is very, very important. And maybe, if possible, we have we have received this uh, invitation by Paramount. Maybe if we can fit that in as well somewhere. Uh, and then my last comment is just on the 16th of February, uh, that closed session meeting. Uh, I think it's it's it'll be wonderful. It's just a pity it's not a whole day workshop with them um, because I think there's so many things that we need to discuss with them. And 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 but that will be a good start at least that we can have a. A full morning with them. Um yeah, as I said, we actually need a full day to analyze this thing and break down, and especially in terms of what we have heard this morning, because that must be an integral part of that discussion. Thank you, Chair. Otherwise, otherwise I support uh uh the, the, the program. Okay.
0: Yes. No, it's fine, Mr. Murray. Uh what we'll do for we will have the meeting with Treasury um uh sometime in the future but for now let's allow our 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 like admiral google is saying that they are in 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 dialogue with with treasury and um, they will update us and we will then take a decision then whether it is still necessary for us to meet with with treasury it's fine so it means that the meeting of the 23rd will have to be changed to be a briefing uh, by the o d on their discussion with national treasury just to get an update it is at this meeting when we will then decide whether it is still necessary okay. Uh, okay. to engage the national treasury that's no, fine i okay. i i i okay guess i would approach it mr mar okay thank
3: yeah. you
0: and thanks for that um, uh, uh, comment all right on the par on the on the parliament group um uh Paramount Group. What, what, what is the relationship, at Admiral Kubu, if you know, uh, between Paramount Group and DOD? I think they they are our one of our service pro, uh, DOD service uh, uh, service providers, isn't it?
3: No, no. They they are they are a defense industry stakeholder, and they are probably exporting more than fifty percent of all ammunition and munitions from South Africa. Uh, but I don't think the DOD is buying. A single piece of uh, of of uh, munition from them.
0: Or is it?
6: Yeah, I I agree with the uh, Mr. mare on that issue. We our procurements of capabilities, etc., with them is very very limited currently. Uh, so yes, but there there is a good relationship between us and them in terms of you know being part of the uh, industry as well. When we engage with all industries, we, we do also communicate with them. But as it stands, none of the services is using them for procurement of any capabilities. OK,
0: okay. they have actually invited us to visit their facilities. Uh, the issue that Mare is trying to respond to is uh, uh, that maybe we should uh, utilize this week um, uh, this oversight work. I'm happy with what you are saying, uh, Admiral Kubu, Then it means that we can slot them in. Please uh, consider slotting them in, Brian. Um, Jay Person,
3: I, I I want to raise because you you, re, you recall on the 9th of March we will have that uh, interaction with the minister on arms corps and those various projects, amongst others who faced it as well. So so Denell is the problem. We know that, and if Nell is is, is is becoming worse and worse. We will have to look uh, towards uh, via armscore, obviously, to the uh, defense industry stakeholders to partner with us uh, because clearly we have to make such a, such a decision going forward. Thank you.
0: Uh, I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> <laughs> for 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 I, I accept yeah. All right, colleagues. Uh, uh, do do is there anything that you want to add to what we are presenting as our program for the next term? Uh, I, I just with the with the
3: amendments I so propose.
0: All right, so it's proposed. Any any seconder.
3: Uh, again,
0: final seconds. Uh, thank you very much. It, it is the, sun. Uh, the sun.
3: sun. The sun. is is, is, is
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, colleagues. We so now we we can then share the the the, 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 the program for the first time, and with all the the colleagues uh, colleagues. Uh, can we? So I can now release you, uh, a General and Admiral. So you are free to 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 leave.
6: Thank you very much, sir. Thank you to thank
0: the you,
2: Thank
0: you, sir. for the Thank you so time. much, colleagues. All right, good. Thanks. Uh, Brian, do you have, I understand we have only one set of minutes, eh? That is correct, sir. Please slide them. Are they visible, sir? Yes, they are. Uh, colleagues, uh, this is 1 December. Uh, it was a presentation by DOD on the Hebron. Uh, our feedback by SAPRA, feedback by AXA, and uh, feedback by DMV on progress on the presidential task team, and we dealt with the minutes. So this was the attendance uh, uh, register. Uh, go down. Go down. Go down. Go down. Go down. So, all right, colleagues, that's the first page. Any correction? Let's go to the second page. Any corrections? And uh, let's go, okay. Right. Let's go to the third page. Uh, where are you know, Brian?
3: Brian is moving like a Ferrari.
0: <laughs> uh, right. So, OK, Brian, all
5: right. It's so been a long okay. year. He's tired.
0: Oh, I see. Uh, I see. Looking forward driver. to it. <laughs> Yeah, to 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 his festive uh, uh, holidays.
3: Yeah, he wants to go on lunch.
0: Yeah, and then as was feedback by Zapra, Uh Okay, go down, and then feedback by Axa, go down, go down, and then deliberations by the committee. Right and uh, the committee agreed to arrange a meeting with the minister to brief the committee on the report of the ministerial uh testing on the on the dod procurement of a foreign trust before parliament rises for 2020 or failing which the meeting will take place early in the new year all right colleagues i so that was our resolution and we now have it uh, on the agenda and that was a briefing by dmv all right colleagues i think we and now, are, are there any corrections that you want to propose? All right. And uh, any mover, the second colleagues.
3: Chairperson, uh, maybe we miss the the, the the second part is about is about the um, the military veterans, the presidential task team. Yes,
0: sir. Okay. Okay. Yes, that's that's. But the resolution will capture all of all of the above. Yeah. Uh, uh all right again uh, the committee therefore agreed that this report should be made available to the committee by the latest uh, june uh, 2022 we're giving them time to uh, consider the matters all right colleagues so any mover i move sir yeah. Uh, I move,
5: move. I move. <laughs> so I will second,
1: I second. <laughs> <center>. I said, <laughs> will move, and I thank <laughs> you.
0: Okay, there's a deal. The deal is accepted. Uh, Muthe moves, and uh, Mafanya seconds. Colleagues, we have come to the end of the meeting. Thank you very much. And um, uh, so we'll meet again uh, tonight, tomorrow night, to consider okay. matters on the Johnston Committee on, on, on Defense. All thank right, colleagues. Much I appreciated. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks.
6: Bye. Recording
5: stopped.